Welcome to Quilt and Tell. We're quilters who love all aspects of the craft, from traditional and contemporary to art and modern, share their passion and perspectives on all things quilty. I am not Tracy Mooney. I am Ginger Sheehy Daddy. And I'm Lori Baker. So today, Lori and I are on our own. Tracy was not feeling well, so we are sending all of our love and all of our best to her, hoping she is going to be here for the very next episode. In open studios today, though, gather up all of your quilt crumbs because Lori and I are going to be chatting with Emily Bailey. Uh, You guys might know her from Aunt M's Quilts. So, Lori... What have you been up to? It's so good. Like, I never get you to myself. So this is kind of nice to, to just have you all to, all to myself. How have you been? What you been working on? Okay. It's, it's starting to get to be spring. Oh, thank goodness. So we spent three days last week outside playing in the yard and it was so refreshing. Oh my goodness. But then the weekend came and the cold weather came. I finished a quilt. Um, I had, well, I'm really trying hard to use up things that just have been kicking around. All these UFOs, uh, okay. pigs, whatever you want to right, call right, them. Right, right, right. Uh-huh. And I had this stack of flying geese that I don't even know why I made them. But I had like several dozen of them. Okay. Um, so I designed a quilt to use the flying geese to, just to get rid of them. Nice. Um, and I finished it. Just yesterday, and I'm really, really happy with how it came out. Last week, I also finished uh, just a little table topper that was for a challenge for Quilt Guild. Oh, nice. Let me tell you about the challenge. So it was really funny. They told us to bring a magazine. Okay. And then when we got to the part of the meeting that we were talking about the challenge, they said, turn to page 38 in your magazine. And use that for your inspiration. So we all had different magazines. Oh, yeah. So there were all different things on page 38. One lady, it was just a page of a black and white ad. Hmm. So what Uh, did she do? Or do you know? Or did she even know what she was going to do? She did. Uh, I don't remember what she did. I just remember her talking about, well, she started with just this black and white words. Um. One lady did this gorgeous uh, lizard on the back of a denim jacket. Ooh. Oh, there were just some really fun things. Made okay. me think I needed to start working on mine before the day before Guild. So I had time to do something a little more special because mine just looked run of the mill. Oh, I'm sure it didn't. So what the, was your what was on your page? Yeah. The, what was on- the page had um a picture of a handful of pin cushions and uh, needle books. Okay. And I have nine jillion pin cushions, so right. I wasn't going to make a pin cushion. So I made a table run, a table topper, just using the colors from the picture. Okay. And and it it's okay, but it it certainly didn't hold a candle to to that lizard on the denim jacket. Oh, yeah. Oh, there were several of them that were just really gorgeous. Oh, which magazine were you using? Was it one of uh, one of the old ones that you had worked on, or was this uh, oh. just a random one? Okay, I have to confess here. I oh, forgot no. my magazine. Oh, no. So I used the magazine that the lady at the table with me had. So you had to improv your improv. 
yeah. Oh, man. And then the other thing that we've been doing is painting my office. And I wanted it to be really feminine, so I chose pink. Okay. But I forgot the part about where you choose the pink that you think you like, and then you go two shades lighter because it always looks darker on the wall. My office is about the color of the Pink Panther. Oh, jeez. I'm thinking maybe (laughs) I need to cut out some silhouettes of the Pink Panther and, and put them on the wall every so often just... To make people think I did it on purpose. Oh yeah, what do like you that think? was your total plan. I like it. I like it. I was I was a huge fan of the Pink Panther, so I say go for it, embrace it. I don't know anything's better than having to repaint, right? Exactly. <laughs> don't want to do that. Oh, so what have you been working on, Ginger? Uh, I have been a complete slacker, especially compared to you. I had no cool challenges or anything like that. Um, it, it, it's been a lot of work, unfortunately. Fortunately, but for un- unfortunately, because I haven't been able to have as much fun as I was hoping. Um, we've been doing a lot of uh, stuff with So Daily. Um, we had a sew along that we just did. It was a really fun tank top. And um, so I was trying to think of all these different things that we could do for different tips and things like that. So I was determined that I was going to try to figure out because I love tank tops that have like a little shelf bra in it. So that way, you know, you don't really necessarily right. have to wear a tank, have to wear a bra with it or anything. Because um, with the straps, sometimes it bugs me when you see a bra showing. Yes. So uh, I was determined I was going to figure it out. I did one and I did not figure it out. Um, <laughs> it did not turn out as well as I had hoped. Um, and, and it's so funny how once you're done and you make the mistakes, you, it's like, oh God, what was I thinking? Like, yeah. I don't know why that seemed like at the time it made perfect sense. Cause what I had done is I had actually attached it to the, um, the, the front, instead of making it just a bra that I could basic, basically sew the tops onto to kind of make it all fit in, I decided I was going to attach it to the sides. And that just made it where the sides pucker in and it doesn't, it's all black. So truth of the matter is you can't see it as bad as like, as I thought when I tried it on. Right. Um, but I definitely, I'm making another one. And this one I feel like is actually going to turn out a little bit better. So, uh, but yeah, so that's been kind of fun working on that process. We're trying to, like I said, we're trying to come up with just different tips and different things that we can do. So uh, working on that and filming that, and then we are in the process now of getting a whole entire video system in place. And so I'm having to do, go through all of the list of videos that we have right now. I'm just working on quilt on so daily, but I know we're going to have to work on quilt daily. daily. So I am kind of anticipating that one to come down the, down the road. Um, so yeah, so sadly I haven't been able to play as much as I wanted. I still have my quilt that I only have a little bit more to do. And I don't know what it is about, like, I need to just sit down and do it. And because I have such little left, I'm like, oh, I can get to that later. I can get to that later. And I feel like I just (laughs) keep putting it off. I don't know if you do that sometimes too, when you don't have a whole lot, but I don't know why I'm just kind of stretching this one out. (laughs) Do you know what you're going to do next? Is that maybe part of it is that you don't know what's coming? 
No, because I definitely, I have two, my big quilts are what I want to finish. I want to finish that one, which all I need to do is finish up the, uh, basically I'm doing like um, the uh, pin, what is it, pinstripes or uh, the matchstick, matchstick, oh, you yes, know, just yes. really, really small. And it's just a lot. Like I forget, like, even though you're only going a couple inches, it's a lot of quilting because it's a, yes. it's almost, it's a little bit bigger than a queen size. So even just to do like two or three lines, it takes like about like 15, 20 minutes to do them. And, um, you know, I, I, I think maybe that's part of it is I'm just kind of like putting off like, oh, cause I did it so good for like three days straight, just nonstop. And now I'm just like, oh, I don't know what's going on. But, um, but then I have my other, my husband's t-shirt quilt. It's all oh, his right. Harley shirts that I really like all I need to do. I have like just a fleece, I have the fleece fa- fabric. I want to do a nice, simple, just fleece back on it so he can cuddle up with it and use it on uh, the couch downstairs. And yeah, so maybe I'm just prolonging doing that because I don't want to mess that up. I feel like the top looks so good and I don't want to mess it up. Right. <laughs> um, so I will get to them. I will. And hopefully, um, you know, uh, we have spring break coming up soon with my daughter and everything. And we found out, though, that her choir teacher, who she absolutely adores, is having a baby. So I'm like, yay, excuse for a baby quilt. So, um, and I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that um, my daughter, this is piquing her interest because she actually went and found one of the baby books, um, quilt, baby quilt books that um, Tracy had given me. She went through, she actually marked like a bunch of the ones that she liked. And I was like, all right, maybe I can actually get her behind the machine and get her interested in it. That's awesome. That's interesting how, how it becomes real personal when it's her teacher. Mm -hmm. And so then that makes it, so it feels like it's more important for her to be involved. Yeah. And and maybe that's all it takes. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's so funny because I feel like I've tried so hard to get her interested in other things that we've tried to do together. And she just never has really been interested. But man, the second I said like, we should make her a quilt. Oh, she like lit up. And so uh, maybe this weekend we might try to go find. So I know that's going to push my other projects off too. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe I'm just excited to get started on the baby quilt. And baby quilts, I feel like you can get done a lot quicker because they don't have to be huge. They don't have to. So maybe that's I'll, I'll blame it on that. I'll be yeah. like, yeah, all that's right, you baby quilt. Yeah, but it'll be fun. And like I said, even if I can just get her to sew a little, it'll be amazing because yeah. I know she'll she'll just absolutely love that. So, uh, but yeah, no fun challenges. That challenge really sounds like a fun one. They do. They do cool challenges at, at that guild. They really do. Yeah. Well, it's so funny, though, because it sounds like the stuff you've been working on falls in very nicely with who our guest is today. It's uh, Emily Bailey, because she is known for doing, um, you know, working with scraps and particularly, um, you know, she does the crumb quilts. And uh, I was very excited because, honestly, I had never heard of a crumb quilt before. I hate to admit that. I know it's probably something that's been around a long time, but I just thought that was the cutest thing in the world. (laughs) I'm excited to talk to her. All right. Well, let's go chat. So joining us today, we are so excited and so privileged to have Emily Bailey. You guys might know her as Aunt M's Quilts. Um, That's where you can find her at Aunt M's, like Auntie M from uh, Wizard of Oz, correct? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. Good. I was taking a, a stab at that one, hoping that was what it was because that is adorable. Think that's really funny, Auntie M. Auntie M. So. Oh yeah, it's great. I love it. Well, you are a uh, quilter. 
a quilt designer, you're also a quilt instructor, and you're the author of Crumb Quilts, uh, Scrap Quilting, The Zero Waste Way. So we are so happy to have you here today. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I love this podcast. I love listening to it when I walk or when I sew. So this is like a great honor to be here because I think you guys are awesome. Aww, thank well, you. That's oh, thank you. That's so great. And that's not why we invited you, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it is. It's such a pleasure to meet you. And I would love to get, because sadly, I, I, I follow you on Instagram and I knew a little bit about you. But then when we found out you were going to be a guest, of course, did the deep dive. And um, oh my goodness, so many beautiful projects, so many wonderful things. But I think normally what we love to do is kind of hear your quilt journey. So how did you get started in quilting? So I actually, I, I grew up in a home with makers. My mom's an artist. My dad does jewelry and woodworking and stuff. And my mom gave me my first machine when I was about 10 years old. Um, she had won it at the state fair for a dress she had sewn for me. And she just gave that to me with some scraps. And my friend and I would be in my room at my desk with the machine and I would feed the fabric through and I'd say, step on it, sister. And she would push the <laughs> pedal and we would just sew. We had so much fun. So that's how I got started sewing. I thought I would be a fashion designer. I sewed all my clothes, all my braid, bridesmaids, dresses, all of that. But then I had three boys and I don't think it's cool if you sew them anything other than T-shirts and jeans. Because I did make them really cute sailor suits when they were little, but that didn't last long. Yep, boys get to a certain age and then, nope, they're not having it. <laughs> not at all. So at what point, you started out garment sewing, at what point uh, did quilts get introduced to the picture? So my third son was born and at church, a lady was offering to teach some quilting, like she would teach a different block every um, month. And and so I did that. and. Um, I did that till, and we were in Portland at the time, and then we moved to Utah. And um, another lady at my church invited. She found out that I so was sewing quilts. I was still working on that block by block thing, and she invited me to a quilt guild. And from there, it was just history. Oh, that's so great! And so it sounds like uh, right from the beginning, scraps were a pretty important part of your whole sewing world. I love scraps. They're wonderful. So what is it about them? What is it, you know, why is it, do you think that you gravitate towards uh, that? I They're just full of memories, like the projects that you made before, um, where those projects ended up, who you gave them to, the the way those people use those articles. There's, it's just a wonderful thing. Plus, they just play nice together. And I, I'm not good at just doing one color I have to have lots of colors, so. Yeah, no, Lori, you're shaking your head madly. Uh, <laughs> you guys can't see that, but we can see her shaking her head. I think you too have an affinity for scraps, correct? <laughs> I do, and and when Emily was talking about the memories, I was working with my scraps and my uh, grown son just yesterday, and I said, do you see this piece of fabric? And it was a black background with flowers on it, and he said, yeah. And I said, I remember what I made with this. And it was a dress I wore to church in the 80s. And I still had, you know, a little piece of that. So it had to go in my project. Aww. Yeah. 
That's so great. It's so funny. I don't know because I I don't get to work with scraps a whole lot. I'm still building up my stash. I'm only, uh, you know, still early on my journey. So I don't have a ton of scraps. And it's so funny because when I think of scraps, I don't necessarily think of as of memories as much as I think like, oh, it's a way to save money. It's a way to not have to go out and buy all new back, you know, fabric. That too. (laughs) It's true. It's true. They did cost as much as your yardage. So you might have put them to good use. Yes. Definitely. Oh, so I, I'm very intrigued. Uh, one, I love the fact that your book is called Crumb Quilts. And honestly, that's the first time I'd ever referred to them or heard them referred to as crumbs. I know I'm probably behind. Did you know about that, Lori? Is that a big thing within the scrap world? I know that my sister has been talking about crumb quilts for months now. And she's in, in Houston in a fairly good size guild. Yeah. So, so yeah, crumb quilts are around. We know about them. Yeah, yeah I just never heard them called that. So right. when I saw your book and I started going through it, I was like, oh, that's so cool. And yeah. so how did you come across that? Um, and what kind of, what was your inspiration for that? So this was a total fluke. So, um, yeah, I had started my YouTube channel and I had made the video and I had called it like make fabric from your scraps, but I kept having this little bug in my ear saying I needed to change the title of that. Bonnie Hunter's done crumb quilts, Victoria Mm -hmm. Finley Wolf. She kind of introduced that to me. She's a mentor of mine. Um, And so I, I changed the name of the, the video and, and then, and as people started seeing it a lot and COVID happened and I was boohooing to my husband because all of my teaching engagements got canceled. I felt like my business was falling apart and my, and we're empty nesters now. And it's just my husband. And he was like, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. And I'm like, this is not helping at all. But um, shortly after that, the publishers at David and Charles contacted me about doing a book all based on that YouTube video. So it was just, it was just meant to be like that, that voice in my head telling me whatever you call that intuition or the spirit or whatever. I know that is how it's supposed to be. And it was really fun to do all of that. The fact that I've done a book is like a major miracle. Um, My mom thought I would never write my name correctly. I always got the Y backwards. So the fact that I've actually written a book is a miracle, but I had a lot of help, a lot, a lot of help. And so One, I want to bring up your YouTube channel because it's amazing. You have just endless amounts of videos on there. It is so much information. Like I said, I started going down that rabbit hole and it was great. It was really good. And and you just, you really dive in deep on certain subjects and I love it. I absolutely love it. Oh, thank you. Thanks. I've had fun doing that. I need to do some more, but it's been a little crazy since the book came out. So yeah. So when you were done uh, d- during the um, pandemic and everything that was happening, were you more focused on the book or did you dive in and start doing some more videos since you couldn't go out and teach as much? So I was doing a video a week for part of the book. Um, and then wow. I was doing the book and I had my sister. So David and Charles is in the UK and I'm in the U S and they were like, do you know a photographer? And I'm like, yeah, my sister's a professional photographer. 
So she was able to do all the step photography for the book. So that was fun. And she also went with me and we would go out and take pictures on my quilt so that my social media didn't die while I was. So while I was doing the quilt, you'll notice it's like the same 20 quilts, just in different locations. So <laughs> That's great. The multitasking, you got to do yes. it. <laughs> so that's how that came about. I feel as if, um, you know, it's been amazing to see how everybody, the pandemic was such a traumatic thing, but yet it honestly feels like a, not everything was horrible about it. Like I do feel like we had to shift gears and it's amazing how resilient we as quilters really are. And, and I think you're a perfect example of that because it, it definitely seems like you've been able to uh, flourish, <laughs> you know, despite everything. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, it was a blessing because my daughter had left. So she was the last one to leave. So I had time and I could do everything because before I, my kids kept me busy. So, so Emily, are you doing zoom classes or something like that because of the pandemic? Um, I was planning on doing some virtual classes and then the book came and I have got one virtual class that you, um, the enrollment for that will happen the end of April and it's a four week course. Um, it's my Jumbo Scrappy Star, so you can find that, and that will go again. I have been, like here in Utah, it has opened up. So last week I was at Bryce Canyon teaching, and I've done a couple of that of those. That was fun. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to get more virtual classes, but I, I'm slow at it. I'm yeah. a little bit envious when you talk about Bryce Canyon. I think Utah is beautiful. And and to be able to go and do classes in places like that must be awesome. It is so awesome. And it made a great picture for a quilt, like have the canyon back there and the, all the hoodoos up. It, it's a beautiful, it makes beautiful pictures. It was freezing cold when I was there in February. I was also there in February and trying to take pictures. And then I was wrapping the quilt around me. Normally I'm not cold, like... I walk in the morning with just a fleece jacket and it was 17 degrees and I'm still warm, but with that wind blowing at Bryce, it was freezing. Yes. Uh, that's right. So what, uh, in, in, since now it's like you've kind of dabbled in all of it, what's your favorite way to uh, get out information? Is it writing the book? Is it doing your YouTube or is it, uh, you know, going in person? Um, I like to be in person. I, I have enjoyed doing the virtual courses. Um, just because I don't have to travel and I'm kind of a homebody and a bit of a nerd. So, but I do, I really enjoy seeing what people have created using my patterns or different things. I love to see how they come up with their own stuff and to see the joy that they feel in doing that. So I really like that personal side of being in person and seeing that I do get pictures sent to me and that's kind of fun, but to see their faces is really great. And would you say, um, you know, working with scraps is definitely like, is that your thing? Or do you have other stuff above and beyond that? Because I know going through your stuff, that was, I was seeing so much of that. Yeah, I just love scraps. The more, the merrier. I I have fun just playing in them and sorting them and seeing what there is as I go through them and trying to decide what to do with them. When a bin gets full, I like to just design a whole quilt just around that bin. So that's just really fun for me. So, Emily, do you buy yardage? If you buy yardage, how much do you buy since you like scraps so much? 
I don't really buy a lot of yardage. I'll buy fat quarters and I've done a lot of, so what really um, got me my foot in the door with quilting is my sister, Julie Comstock. She was Cosmo Cricket and she designed for um, Moda for a little bit. Okay. And she doesn't sew and Moda doesn't do stuff for the fabric. They expect the designers to do it. So I, she asked me to design with her fabric. So, um, I, I did, and it actually ended up on the cover of McCall's quick and easy. So that, that kind of got me in with Moda. So sometimes they'll send me fabric or Lisa just sends me samples and I can say, can I get some of this to use? So I get fabric that way, or I just, I only buy fat quarters if I do buy fabric because I really don't. I want lots of variety when I'm playing with fabric. All right. So what I want to know is what are some tips or tricks to organizing scraps? Because I know some people have specific methods. Do you have a specific method? And if so, please dish. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Here's the method to my madness. Um, Anything that's smaller than a fat quarter, but larger than a charm, I put those in and they're just shoebox size bins according to color I have like a light blue and a dark blue so just according to color um and I put those and if one of those gets full that's when I design a quilt around that so I hopefully they don't get too out of hand and then I have bins that have like one and a half inch strips two and a half inch strips and then just random strips that I do a lot of fun strip kind of play with my scraps. And then I have my crumbs bin and that's just a big like laundry basket kind of thing. And I just throw anything that's smaller than a charm in there. And then just for therapy, I just sew it together to make the crumb fabrics. So. Nice. And then do you have like, do do you kind of let that dictate maybe what your next project might be like, Oh, look, I've got so many of these. I think I need to use those up. Is that kind of how that works? Yeah. Yep. When something is overflowing or out of control, it's time to use it to design something around that to kind of tame it or bring it back. Yeah. Now, Lori, does that sound familiar to you as far as like how you kind of keep things organized? Yes, it does. Um, I, it, I was interested that you talked about doing light blue in a container and dark blue in a container. Mine is not sorted that much. I just have a big blue container. My blue but container. I'm intrigued by it. <laughs> just because my blue container kept getting overflowing and I want to do something other than blue quilts. So I made two things. <laughs> Well, and I feel like when it comes to scrap quilting, for me, that's always the biggest challenge is I sometimes I doubt the fact that I feel like I can put certain colors together. I feel like some people just have like a a natural instinct of like, oh, this will look good with that or mixing patterns. Like, I don't know. I feel like is there a secret to that or is it just something that you just learn over time? Um, I mean, I'm sure there's some natural ability or something I just feel like scraps just play nice together and when I teach my classes I often tell people it's not really color that matters so much as your value content of your lights and darks so if you know how to play with that um, you can like put your camera on black and white it will help you distinguish the value of of different fabrics because if you have the same value even though they may be different colors they can all kind of blend and mesh together and it gets kind of muddy but um, if you have that contrast that will help 
make your quilts sing and pop? Well, and I think that, that we have a tendency to make it too hard. When I start doing scrappy quilts and I want to do a blue one, it's anything that's blue. Um, you know, a, a greeny blue or a purpley blue. Yeah, those will work together because it's scrappy. Yeah. Yeah. I just really I, feel, oh, sorry, Ginger. Oh, no, 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 go ahead. No, I just really feel that like scraps play well together. Like when you look out in nature in the world, there's all different colors and all different mm-hmm. values. And, and it's okay to just bring those all in and kind of play with them and just go with what you feel looks good because you can just be true to yourself. And if you like it, then, then it's likely other people will like it too. And if not, then just don't listen to them. <laughs> well, and honestly, and looking over all of your stuff, like, I think that's why I love following you on Instagram is because I do see so much of your personality, especially now that I've met you within there, you know, it's like, I love that you have that freedom to just really express what you're thinking in that particular quilt or in that moment with those scraps. I think it's great. Thank you. Thanks. I need to, I need to get out of my head. I think that's my problem is I just overanalyze all of it. <laughs> Just put it in a laundry basket and start pulling it out and putting it together. Don't worry about it. Nice. All right. I am going to do that. All right. Is that how you do it too, Lori? Do you just kind of dive in and go or do you have a method? I have a method. Ooh. I throw everything on the dining room table. Like if I'm making a blue quilt, I dump Uh the basket on the dining room table and I leave it there for a day or two. And if there's something in there that just hits me in the face and I think it's really bad, I pull that piece out. It seldom happens, but but that's just... And then once I've looked at it for a couple of days, I start sewing. Nice. Yeah, yeah I'll pull certain things out in it from like my crumb bin when I'm sewing stuff together. There will be certain colors or different fabrics that I'll just put in a different basket while I'm sewing for a certain quilt that I just really don't want to include in what I'm doing. So very exciting. You have your book coming out. Are there any other projects that you want to mention or or talk about or any other places you want to send our listeners to find out more about you? Um, so I've been doing stuff with AccuQuilt. One of my sons actually lives in Omaha and I love their product. Uh, it's really, I hate to cut out. It's like the necessary evil of quilting. But um, so I really love that. So I've been working on converting like past patterns. So they're AccuQuilt friendly. I have a sew along that will be coming um, the first part of May. And it will be a sampler just because that's how I learned. And I think it's a great way for you to build your skills and to try different things without committing to a whole big quilt of the same method. You can just try a block and see if that works for you. So I have that that will be coming up. So yeah, just lots of fun playing with scraps in my sewing room. Nice. And are you going to be going out in person anytime soon? I do have some trunk shows for local area um, guilds that I will be doing. I get to go to Paducah, not because I'm at Paducah, but my friend, I'm a quick and dirty quilter and you use my quilts. My dear friend that I go to things with, she is a art quilter and she is amazing. She paints, she puts jewels and everything on it. And her quilt got accepted into the nice. So we're going to go and see her quilt. 
Oh, that's almost even more fun when you've got a friend that's there because then the pressure's not really on you and you just get to bask in all the fun. <laughs> yes, yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be great. Oh, well, that's great. Well, we will have links to all of your your stuff, all your amazing stuff. We'll have that in our show notes. Thank um, you. Yeah, before we let her go, uh, Lori, do you got any other questions? I can't think of anything right now. I'm probably in three minutes after we're done talking, I'll think, oh, I should have asked. But but no, I'm not right now. <laughs> nice. Well, now that we have access to you, we'll, we we know how to get a hold of you. Yes, yes. Thank you for having me. This has been so nice. I I just love listening to you guys. I don't know that I will listen to this. I'll let my mom and my friends know. <laughs> you should totally take a listen. You'll love it. <laughs> <laughs> when I was on the Fonz and Porter Love of Quilting show, I didn't want to watch it because I knew I had made mistakes. But I finally watched it. You guys fixed a lot of mistakes. So. Ah, that's why you get to know your editors. They're the that's most amazing right. people on the planet. I know. <laughs> that's right. They make us look good. Yes, for sure. For sure. Aww. Well, thank you so much, Emily. It's been so much fun chatting with you and just getting to know you. Yes. Thank you for having me. It's been so nice. I really appreciate it. Well, that was great fun talking to Emily. Um, And I can hardly wait for next time when we can have Tracy back so we can catch up with Tracy. Um, Oh, I know. And I know she's probably going to have a ton to talk to us about. But I really did love having you to myself. So it's so (laughs) awesome to to just catch up with you. And uh, I miss you. I wish you were still here in Colorado. (laughs) I'm going to have to make a road trip, aren't I? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, since we're being slackers and we're not coming to see you. So uh, <laughs> there you go. I think we need to start planning now that it's starting to get warmer. I think, uh, you know, come on out, you know, take a look around. I know everybody would just absolutely love to see you. It would be fun, wouldn't it? Yes. All right. Well, here's another shout out to Tracy. We miss you. And uh, it was such a pleasure talking with you as always, Lori. All right. Thanks. Bye bye now. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Quilt and Tell. Remember, you can find more information about our sponsors or what we talked about today in our show description. If you haven't already subscribed, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please tell your friends. Thanks for listening and happy quilting. The Quilt and Tell podcast is produced by me, Tracy Mooney. And our executive producer of podcasts is Jared Mayer. It's time for Fine Finishes, brought to you by Handy Quilter. Handy Quilter long arm quilting machines and accessories. Your host is Tracy Mooney. Joining me for today's installment of Fine Finishes is Luke Haynes. He's an artist, a quilter, and a handy quilter ambassador. Welcome to the show, Luke. Hey, thanks very much. I also want to interject there that I like to also consider myself a recovering architect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry about that. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> it's been in remission a lot of years. I think it's okay. Excellent. All right. So Luke is going to answer yet another burning question. Oh, boy. Today's question is, it's okay to turn garments into quilts. Is it okay or not okay to turn quilts into garments? 
Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. It turns out every single person I have on my Instagram feed has opinions about this. So, for you know, I'll talk about my work a little bit, which is I use um, reclaimed textiles almost exclusively to make my quilt. So I go and I buy it by weight. So I'll go buy 200 pounds of garments and, you know, table runners and towels and sheets and whatever. And I'll turn that into to quilts. And that's lauded as uh, recycling. And, yeah, I'm, you know, it's very green. All this stuff is going to go to landfills anyway. So I'm really pleased with it. Uh, and it's very positive and um, get a lot of support for it. Um, I find that the quilts that are done that way are really engaging because there's sort of a narrative with the material itself, right? Sort of where did it come from? And a lot of people say, oh, I used to have that shirt or something like that. Um, and so I find there's a lot of dynamism in that material. Um, and then on the other side of that is, you know, can we take a quilt and uh, turn that into a garment? Well, I mean, <laughs> some people uh, say absolutely not. And, you know, the, the question in my mind, it boils down to the permission of the maker, right? Mm -hmm. I think that, that uh, you know, if we, if we start to um, say, you know, these people who made the quilts um a hundred years ago would have never let us make it you know how do we know right i think that's and that's mm -hmm. and that's the hard part how we are telling other people what we think we can do with their art or craft and i think that starts to get a bit big brother or problematic or whatever the right kind of term is how did you get involved in making quilts using reclaimed fabrics <laughs> several several ways one uh when i was uh, first starting out it was certainly an affordable option right i mean you know i can get a lot of a lot of yardage out of um a couple pounds of of clothing from the goodwill um but also i mean again I'm, you know my my sort of uh <laughs> glib statement about recovering architects architecture is a lot about material usage and the story of the um engagement of that material right if your house is all glass if your house is all concrete if your house is all made of reflective tin foil that experience is very different across the board so if i'm taking all of these different materials and turning them into quilts i get to create a narrative of the material kind of like the conversation that are in, in architecture so I think that's going to be important in my work. And that's just sort of where I got stuck. You know, I like the conversation between material and final product. You mentioned that you purchase, you know, fabric by the pound at Goodwill. And you mentioned like all of these different types of fibers, including towels. So what and how do you, you use all of those different materials? Do you have any sort of difficulty or need to treat it in a different way when you put all that into one quilt? I don't treat them differently at all. Um, I just try to cut them as precisely as possible. And then, I mean, I'm trying to work with the language of the fabric, not try to knock it into something that it's not. So if it if one stretches a little bit more than the other, by the end of the quilt, they'll all kind of have worked their way out. I mean, some of the quilts I've made have you know, 30 different substrates in them. So, you know, they're, they, they have a little bit of uh, breath to them um, as the, the, the different materials kind of stretch or shrink or whatever. Um, but they, they kind of work their way out ultimately. <laughs> also, I quilt them very heavily. That makes a big difference. <laughs> I think that makes all the difference in the world. And that's it for today's Fine Finishes, brought to you by Handy Quilter. To find out more about Handy Quilter's fine line of products, visit their website, 
HandyQuilter.com. Until next time, good night and good luck with your quilting. <laughs>